Welcome. Welcome to Real Estate Radio, where we discuss everything real estate related. Investors, first-time home buyers, experienced sellers tune in every week for industry-leading information and discussion on the largest source of wealth in the world. Real estate. Now, here are your hosts, Steve and Jonathan. Okay, welcome to Real Estate Radio. I'm here today with Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Steve. What's going on? Not much. Uh, we are lucky enough today to have my neighbor, Brian uh, Torciano. Am I saying that right? Yep. Um, who we both have a passion for real estate, and he has some different paths, some different experience than um, we're used to, so I thought he'd be a great guest to have on. So, Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so, Brian, you, you got into real estate... Um, in in what Arizona originally? Yeah, in Phoenix in 2007, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how, what was your start? Can you give us a little background? Uh, well, uh, my wife and I just started our careers. I left the military in the end of '04. We got into you know post-military career. My wife graduated college and kind of our first jobs post all of that. You know, a couple years in, we got married. And, you know, you buy your first home. Sure. And that's kind of how we started, and we had no idea what we were doing. Uh, we made a rookie mistake at that time, not knowing anything. We, we bought a house and neighborhood that we thought was going to be up and coming, and it wasn't, uh, but, you know, you live and learn, so that was kind of our, our foray into it, is just buying a property, and, um, you know, from a builder, one of those new builds, and then, of course, this is 2007, so you know what happened in 08, yeah. in Phoenix, and, and everything just kind of fell apart, and that actually was a catalyst to us buying more properties. Okay, so instead of lamenting, which I'm sure most Americans did, actually, you lost a ton of value on your on your first house, the place that you bought for you and your wife. Mm -hmm. And then instead of sort of burning your head in the sand and saying, the world sucks, so I lost everything, you said, I'm going to buy more. Right. So we, you know, the value started to drop on the property. Um, my wife decided, that, hey, that was an area for us to live in. And because of the value drop, we weren't able to sell it. So we just said, you know what, we're going to buy another property. We're going to rent it out and kind of have the renter pay for most of that. Um, we didn't pay for quite all of it, and we did that for about a year and a half. But it sort of stopped the bleeding. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't it was a. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Um, but we were still losing a good chunk of money per month. Sure. So then, um, you know, another year or so goes by, and we decided, well, now that the market's so low, if we buy a third property, the rent from that one and the first one will cover the mortgage on the first house. So it, we literally bought another house just to kind of balance things out. So that's why I love your story. Most people, <laughs> most people buy real estate to get rich and like invest. For you, you were playing defense. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was mere protection. Again, we were going to know what we were doing. Yeah. And you know, it was more about you know, trying to protect what we were building. I mean, we didn't want to have a short sale or anything like sure. that. And at the time, it just seemed like in Phoenix, the opportunity was crazy. For example, the third house that we bought, um, it was about ten minutes from downtown. Yep. There's a, what they call a light rail in Phoenix, where it's sort of a centralized train system that they just built. Yeah. This house was in an older neighborhood, not a bad one, but you know, an older neighborhood. It was a three bedroom, one bath, really nice manicured yard, uh, in ground pool. Uh, I think I paid thirty nine thousand for it. Thirty nine thousand. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I couldn't pass. What, when is this? This was like oh nine. This was in yeah oh nine. Yeah. Okay. Oh nine, maybe maybe twenty ten. Um, I had to put maybe seven grand into it, just cosmetics, floors, paint, mm. deck countertops. Well, and what was that renting for? Uh, Twelve hundred bucks a month. Wow! And, you know, <laughs> Let's go to Phoenix. It's, yeah, 
it was awesome. It was a wild west, literally. I mean, well, well, yeah. the, the reason I love the story again, it's like you know everybody in Phoenix, probably all your neighbors, people you knew, were probably screaming like the world is ending. Right. But you guys were smart enough to say this is an opportunity. Like where we lost a ton of money on our house, there's actually other places, other people that are going through the same thing. Right. Why not just buy that stuff? Why not like be on the buying, be on the winning side of this mm -hmm. equation as well. Mm -hmm. And what you did, which is so fascinating is, okay, your first property you lost on, you were, you were losing on. Right. Second property kind of got you there, but your third property, like by the time you had three, now your cheap purchases outweighed your expensive like overpayment, right? Is that, yeah. is that a good summary? Yeah, I mean, it all balanced out. And then, you know, we had the rental there for about a year, um, you know, get, made good money every month on the rent. And then after a year, we decided that, you know, the landlord thing wasn't really, wasn't working for us, you know, like yeah. we both have full-time careers. And so I sold the house, uh, it must have been 2011, I think. Your, your first house you sold? No, yeah, which one? The, the third one, the $40,000 house. Okay, so you sold that one. Okay. I sold it, uh, I bought it for 40 and I sold it for 105. Wow. And I pocketed, you know, after my um, uh, property management fees and whatnot, I pocketed about 800 bucks a month from that property during the year that so, I wow. So basically, the universe paid you $60,000 to make $800 a month. Mm -hmm. It did, and it paid me to, to, you know, pretty much paid me the money for, for taking the risk. And, yeah. And yeah. that's how I looked at it is, you know, yeah, it was a pain in the neck sometimes, not knowing what we're doing, being landlords, having to deal with it, my tenant wasn't great, but at the end of the day, I would do it all again for $60,000. Yeah, when you bought, were you worried about the value still dropping anymore, or was it kind of on the come up again? Uh, it, was, it was pretty leveled out by then. It was leveled out by and then. And I knew yeah. that on that $40,000 house, honestly, I could tear it down and probably sell the materials for forty. dollars I, I right. was just going to yeah, say, at a, certain, at a certain point, right. how much lower can it go? I mean, it, short it, of a yeah. nuclear bomb going off or something crazy, yeah. you're pretty yeah. safe at $40,000. Yeah. And that place probably had sold for much more than forty before you bought it, right? I mean, It did. The person that I bought it from, um, had bought it, I believe, a year and a half or so before started some of the renovations. I think the guy paid maybe ninety. Wow! So he took a, he took a bath. You know? Yeah. Okay, so that this is what sort of got you into the real estate market. Right. Let's go uh, a few years in the future. So you sold all of those places, and then you moved uh, over to the East Coast. Is that? I still had my primary residence, so the second one we bought. We okay. Sold the other two houses. Mm -hmm. You know, made some money there. Um, had both of the houses when I moved here in 2014. So we bought the house here in the neighborhood. We still own the other house there. That house sat empty for like a year. Okay. While we were, you know, transitioning and whatnot. Um, so then we ended up, you know, back in a situation where we got two houses. One was a, you know, one was money, yeah. and obviously we had a primary residence. Uh, we ended up you know, putting some money into it, renovating it, and selling that one. Nice. Uh, which which worked out really well. Again, That's great. We bought it relatively low and. and you know, I think we probably made a good 30, 40 grand off of that. Nice. Which, wow. You know. Yeah, because now the Phoenix market is like really back, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I bought, that house that I bought for 200 on uh, the second one, when mm -hmm. we lived in all, the whole, most time I was there, I paid 199 I believe. Uh, I think we sold it for 285 And I lived wow. in it for, for three years. So That's great. It, it worked out. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, okay, so the other thing that... Uh, I, I love talking to you about is this Airbnb thing. So I've always talked about Airbnb. I've always, it's such a fascinating idea. Now, just to listeners, it's you got to be careful with make sure your municipality. You got to play by the rules. I know some people try to like sneak it in, which is risky. You you do everything above board, which is great. So you you found a place at the shore. Tell us a little about that. Uh, so well, we had went down there the year before, um, just taking family vacation, and me, you know, being curious about real estate. I saw these really nice little townhomes down there in Atlantic City close to the water for sale. And I just 
just being curious, looked them up to see what they were. I couldn't believe they were maybe 125000 something like that. Yeah, real cheap. anywhere else by the water, it would cost you five times that. Right, mm-hmm. right. So then I got to thinking, well, wait a minute, real estate here must be cheap, there must be a reason. Obviously, with Jersey, there was high taxes. Yeah. So we took about a year um, to kind of figure it all out, and then we started to realize that, hey, you know, we could buy something that was really expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were looking at Atlantic City initially. Again, I'm not from here, so I don't know the other beach towns. Yeah. We looked at several properties over the course of a few weekends in Atlantic City, and they just weren't what we were looking for. No, a little tough. Right, and we knew that initially we weren't buying a house to rent out. We were buying it just to have a little vacation house for, for us and kids. Yeah. And they just, the neighborhoods just weren't what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And luckily, my realtor down there that we connected with, she grew up in the area, so she took us over to Ventnor and says, hey, you know, I think this is more of your speed. Uh, so we looked at a few houses over there, and I think it was in the first day we looked at houses there. She took us to a small little old historic building two blocks off the beach, right on Ventnor Avenue. And, uh, you know, of course, we pulled up and it's the old historic building. I initially thought, man, this is not going to work. Got inside the building. Again, older building. Needs a little bit of work. Not going to work. Walked into the condo. I mean, the thing was just immaculate. Wow. Fully remodeled. Yeah. Nice. You didn't, you didn't have to spend a dollar. I didn't have to spend a dime. They put new carpet in, new flooring, countertops, they had some appliances. It's a one-bedroom, one-bath condo. I didn't do anything. Great. That's great. Yeah, we should have furnished it. So you bought that for a pretty aggressive, a pretty good number. Yeah, 48. 48 wow. grand, which is incredible. Wow. And you think beach, that doesn't make any sense. It's right. like that, that should be a down payment on a, on a beach place. If that, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so you did that. And, and was your plan at that point to do Airbnb or were you not sure? You no, weren't really? We, we literally bought it just to have a little place at the shore. It was a good enough deal where you could take the kids, you could go down and have a good time at the beach. Right. Right. But then tell me the next steps. Like what went through your mind? How did you end up where you are today? Well, we quickly realized that, you know, with both of us having careers, we can't go there every day. Right. Mm-hmm. Kids yeah. with school and everything else. Right. right. And I said, well, what's the point of letting it sit empty? I never used Airbnb. I never done anything with it. I heard about it. I knew kind of what it was. That was it. So I started looking and we had, we had used a VRBO, which is a okay, very yeah, similar. similar. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask if you used that before. Designed yeah, for just, designed for vacation Right, vacation, right, vacation rentals. Yeah. Yeah. We travel with our kids, so sometimes it's better for us to rent a little condo than to cram us all in a one hotel. So right. We've been using VRBO for a long time, so I understand the concept of it mm-hmm. with a short-term rental, but I've never done it on this side of it. Yeah. Uh, so we looked into it, and, and come to find out, obviously, in the short towns, there's a ton of places there that you can rent, and they're going for good money. Okay. Uh, so we decided, you know what, let's just, let's just list it for the times we're not using it. And mind you, I bought this house, this condo back in July last year. And uh, we finished, you know, furnishing it and getting everything set up in there. Because, again, it's our little condo. It's all the beds and everything, all the stuff in the kitchen. I put the Airbnb listing up on the 27th of July. And by the 29th, I had the entire month of August booked. Oh. Minus maybe two days. Wow. Yeah. So it, it, it Weekends during the week? Every yeah, day. Booked. I mean, because we, and we do a three-day minimum. So, okay. you know, the only times we really had a day off was if somebody booked three days the and there was that one yeah. day gap. So we made use of that. That's just when we used it. But then we quickly realized, wow, this thing's you know, really taken off. I mean, if you're making, you know, doing 10, 12 listings a month at average 450 bucks for three days, do the math. So that's uh, what you're asking, 400, four, uh, 450 per three days? Yeah, it's 125 a night plus okay. a small cleaning fee that I pay. I have a lady that goes and cleans it. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so that was, that was but, when my second question was the, the turnover. Yeah, yeah and, it's, and it's relatively cheap. You know, we wanted to keep the price to where people could go down and enjoy it. It wasn't overpriced. Some right. of them down there are. Right. Um, and I feel like, you know, with the rate that I chose, it's a little bit less. I could probably get more per night. 
You'd rather just have it full, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. one less headache. Yeah. Um, and then and then you look at like uh, hotels and other options people have, and it's just a no-brainer. I mean, like 125 a night for a nice condo. Two, blo- two blocks from the beach, too. Yeah. And, and most of our guests, a lot of times, I can see when they put the reservation, usually it's maybe two couples, sometimes three. No, no. There's a pull-out couch and there's two queen beds and a bedroom. So I yeah. mean, you figure, even if you're going down with four people, you're splitting it. You know, yeah. between two couples, I'm mean, 60 bucks a night, and then I've... Right, you know, that's, that's nothing. Just, Peanuts. So, so what... It, do you charge for extra people or no? No. You just say, no. this is the rate. This is the rate. Got it. With the, what you will with the Got reason. it. Because I know Airbnb gives you an option to more than two people you could start up charging, but, right. but your strategy you think is best suited, you know, this is the price, book it, you know, it's got to be at least three days. Um, do you do discount for longer stays? What, what, what's your policy there? Yeah, so we'll, for a week run up, we discount it. Um, I think it's discounted like 125 bucks. Okay. okay. Almost so an extra free night discount. almost. Yeah, so like get six nights, get a seventh free, something like that roughly. Right. That's so smart because I mean, I think just in, in regular real estate investing with rentals, but Airbnb as well, is vacancies can kill you. Right. You know, I think most people for a regular rental will account for maybe a month of vacancy. With Airbnb, like the more you have that thing filled, you, know, you can make a lot more money. So I think it's smart to just not not take those like little fees you could charge and just get it filled. Yeah, that's a great philosophy. It's funny, mm-hmm. I, I missed the boat on this one. I'm full disclosure, Brian's my neighbor and we, and we talk about real estate a lot and I give him tips, he gives me tips and I'm the broker, I should be knowing this stuff. But he, he was like, this is, you gotta get on board with this and I kind of drag my feet. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm getting married soon so I don't know if I can make another investment anytime soon. But I sort of thought to myself, and I even said to him, eh, I don't know, how much, how much do you keep this thing booked? And he like pulls out his phone, every once in a while just says like, book, 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 book. Like he is booked, like it, it's, it's amazing. Now do you do, um, there's something with instant book and then not instant book, right? Can you, yeah, talk, you, can you talk about that a little bit? Um, what do you do? At first we didn't do instant book. Um, again, I was new to it and uh, I wanted a little more control over the whole process. Right, because you could um, like vet out people and you know, look at their criteria, right? Right, okay. right. And so. At first, I didn't do it, um, and then actually this summer, uh, it was July, my wife decided, you know what, let's just try and look through what happens, and then it was Because now, I think a lot of people, they like the idea of not having to, to put in a request and wait. Right. And it, you know, downsizes my time. I mean, I was having to answer each request, look, mm-hmm. approve it, mm-hmm. and some of them, by the time I got back to them, maybe they found something somewhere else. else. Yeah. Right, so now, I mean, they're booking without me even having to talk to them, so that's great. That is great. Um, and you can set a filter in there where if they have reviews, you know, I won't accept an instant book if you have less than three stars or whatever. Okay, so, so there's okay, so there is still some criteria that they need to meet. And you're not you're not getting like the college kid in there gonna you know wreck, wreck your place potentially. Correct. And there, there's a small deposit on there, so I think it's it's big enough to where a college kid that might that might financially hurt them a little bit, but not too big to where a family couldn't afford it. Right, and scare them away. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I also think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think. Airbnb and maybe VRBO, they have their own insurance policy where if, God forbid, something crazy happened, they have a little layer of protection there. They do. They do. Um, fortunately, we, are, we haven't had to use it yet. That's great. Um, so so any any problems with your pro- properties? I mean, anything broken? Anything? No. No. I mean, I, uh, actually, I take that back. Recently, someone took the wine key. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so, if, <laughs> so, so if that's your yearly problem, it's not so bad. I think I can afford another wine key. Yeah. Um, so, so the, you're in a condo. The condo doesn't have any rules against this. No. How does the actual key process work for you? So right. say, say I book the place for, for Siobhan and I. We want to stay at your place. Mm-hmm. How does it work what, mechanically? 
so I've got a lockbox there, just okay. like a regular rotor lockbox that we bought at Home Depot. On the door? Uh, no, it's in the hallway. So the building, you can get from the street into the hallway of the building. Yeah, anybody there's can. there's a locked door to the rest of the building. Got it. 14, 14 apartments in the entire building. Got it. Uh, so you can't even get in the building without the key. So we have it kind of in the hallway. Um, and then, you know, what I do is usually the day before they check in, on VRBO will automatically send the guest the check-in instruction. There will be to do it manually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I already have it typed up. I just you know, copy and paste it and zoom it over to them. Uh, all the check-in instructions and whatnot. So they get the code to the lockbox. They get the Wi-Fi password. Or, you know, we keep beach tags in there, parking passes, you know, all the stuff that they might need. Nice. It's a pretty long list, actually, of stuff that we send them, uh, you know, directions and, and, and instructions and whatnot. Because there are some rules to the building as far as quiet hours and no mm-hmm. pets. So yeah. all that stuff's kind of outlined in there. Sure, sure. Yes. Then do you provide um, any food? Like you said you like do like beach tags and stuff like that. But what about like food, towels, toiletries? Uh, we do provide toiletries. We do provide all the linens, towels. I don't provide any food or water or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at 125 a night. What do you expect? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a wall right down the street. Yeah. 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 You can do that. Have a good walk. Is there a lot of impact? Like, do people say, like, hey, Brian, like, where do I go out to eat? What do I, is there a lot of that, like, back and forth? Or is it pretty self-ran? I mean, it's pretty self-ran. I do occasionally get someone to ask me for this and that, and I respond back. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what we did is when you check in, I've got a folder on the coffee table in the living room that has the beach passes and the parking passes. Uh, my wife and I, we keep an updated list of some good restaurants in the area, things to do. Um, you know, things like that. So that way, if they're coming from out of town, they don't have to look it up. Nice. Um, That's yeah. good. A little touch, I think. I it's like, like customer service. Say, a little yeah. bit of hospitality, I think, goes a long way. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Sets you apart. And then, are your ratings pretty good? Are you, you manage your ratings? You're getting good ratings, you think? I, yeah, I've never had anything less than a perfect rating. That's great. Nice. That's great. So your cleaning person that you got hooked up with, that was recommended from your realtor or you found them on your own? Uh, through my realtor. That's okay. actually her cousin. That's what nice. she does. For nice. the summer, she does a bunch of different beach cleaning, so it's super easy. Yeah, your, your team, the team you have, yeah. this is like a theme on our, our podcast kind of, it, the team you have is so crucial, mm-hmm. right? I would rather have five good people that I work with, and that's the only people I work with, than 100 people, half of which are bad. I mean, right. if you work with, and we were talking about this before we got on the show, you know, you're, in your professional career and in mine, certainly, if you have bad people you work with, it's a nightmare. I mean, it's really a nightmare. Right. But if you have good people, you got to hang on to them. Like, if you have a good team, it sounds like, like, uh, I, I haven't reached out to your realtor in, in Vetner. But you've sent me some of your correspondence. She seems on the ball. And that's very important. It's very important to have somebody who's responsive, sends you things without asking. I mean, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, yeah. I don't want to have to like know what I want. I want other people to tell me what I want. Like, it's a nice thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this system was basically delivered to you packaged, like with a bow on it, you just signed up. And, you especially, know, you, yeah, especially with Airbnb, it's, it's, it's very team intensive and important because. You know, it's not as passive. It's a little more hands-on. So if you didn't have that cleaning person in place, you'd be going down to Ventnor every three days to go clean the place. Which well, probably wouldn't be a good deal for you. No, probably yeah, wouldn't you spend all your money in gas. Well, so. that's what I did last summer. So really? I bought in okay. July. It was only pretty much August that it was busy. Right. And we didn't have any time to find anything. So I went down every couple of days. Wow. It was a pain in the neck. I did all my stuff last summer. So this winter, I was searching and searching and searching, trying to find somebody. And then I talked to my realtor, basically out of, out of desperation. Like, mm-hmm. hey, Coming up, I don't want to ask her down every couple of days. And right. Poof, she's like, well, yeah, my cousin, that's all she does. That's Here's great. That's great. So this summer has been a lot better. So that's, then you just say, like, hey, there's going to be a vacancy between this hour and this hour on this day. Can you head over there? And then I'm, sh- I'm assuming you gave her, a, you know, criteria of how you want it cleaned. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. I, when I first met her, I had her over to the house. I cleaned it. Mm-hmm. Showed her exactly how I want it. Mm-hmm. This is how it has to be. 
Um, you know, here's all the towels, here are all the stuff so that way nothing gets misplaced. Um, uh, and you pay her a flat fee every time she goes over? Yeah, and we just charge that to the customer with a flat fee, $50. So cleaning fee, cleaning right? Fee, yeah, that's, that's a good deal for her. It takes her an hour, even takes her two hours. Is a good deal for her. It's oh, yeah. usually about an hour and a half. Yeah. And, and, and for example, this week she's getting three listings. Nice. From our three cleanings from us. So nice. Wow. Easy hundred fifty for her. Yeah, for for like yeah. maybe five hours of work or something. That's incredible. Yeah. And I assume she lives nearby. She, she lives right in the area. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And she does a lot of the cleanings in that same area. Matter of fact, there's a building um, one block closer to the beach, a big, tall, old high-rise building. Full of cottage. She does probably six or seven units in there, so she's living on the same street. Wow. Yeah, nice. that's what you need to know. Someone very close, you know, show her what you want, you know, what you're expecting, and then, you know, let it go. Right. So, like, come, like, January, I assume nobody's yeah. booking beach houses. True? We get an occasional renter during the winter, not often. Last winter, between the middle of September and end of April, we had maybe three or four. Okay. Uh, so, this year, we're actually kicking around the idea of doing a winter rental. Apparently, that's a thing down there. You saying it's like a longer term, maybe month rental? Like September till the end of April, um, teachers, students, or whatever, you know. Mm. And, and it's, it's, it's. We're going to put about a thousand dollars a month. So it's not a ton of money if you want to live in the area. Sure. Again, somebody that's, you know, Stockton College, not far from there. Right. Right. Not to mention they're opening up a new campus right on the border of Lancaster Ventnor uh, in September 2018. Nice. So we'll be able to get a winter rental, no problem. Nice. And that that's will, nice. that'll take care of having the empty. So it's really a third of what your daily rate would be, or a little less, but it's still, it's the winter. It's it's like like something's better than nothing. It's still right. good enough to keep it floating. Right. That's you, great. And do you find that throughout the summer you're making enough profit that it, it holds it over during the winter? Yeah. I mean, it definitely yeah. balances out. I mean, last winter, like I said, we were we were empty most of the year, mm-hmm. but we bought the place cash, we have a mortgage, so that's easy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're low HOA fees, and it balances out. I mean, we were still profitable at the end, even having an empty eight, right? Yeah. I mean, even if you weren't profitable and you were just breaking even, you bought it for yourself anyway. Right. So at, at, the, you know, at the end of the day, right. you have a free yeah, beach house. And that's yeah. to say nothing of appreciation like we've talked about before. Like right. if that place, which it probably already has picked up a few bucks. Yeah. Um, but who's to say in three to five years, Stockton College, if the area just gets better generally. I mean, the advantage of these low um, impact, you know, inexpensive properties are, it's very hard to imagine a $48,000 place being worth a ton less. Right. Like even if the economy takes a hit, if you have another 2008, okay, maybe it goes to 30, but it ain't going to 20, it ain't going to 10. Like unless something crazy happens, even in a down market, you're only losing a little bit, whereas your upside is tremendous. I mean, you could be in the hundreds easily. Well, even, even all that aside, it could, it could be worth $10, but at the end of the day, people are still going to go to the beach every summer. Yeah, we've said it's that. It's not going away. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter. That's my, it, so. I'm glad you said it. That's my underlying philosophy about real estate generally. I think people are too focused on, oh, it'll appreciate, it'll do this or that. Who cares? Yes. If you buy an investment that performs on day one, I don't care. Right. I don't care if an appraiser comes to me and says, your property's worth zero. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Zero. If I have renters paying me money every month, then to me, it's worth a ton of money, right? Right. So like, that's the ultimate discussion. And the fact that you get a a vacation house out of this deal too, is just gravy. I mean, that's literally like butter on top. Like that's a really nice thing. Um, So how do you work that? Do you leave, you know, a week or two not booked for yourself or? Yeah, usually we'll we'll block off a few days here and there for ourselves. This summer we didn't, we just got busy. Mm -hmm. Um, So who's the, so who's the, if I can interrupt, who's the, um, is it you or Tina? Tina's Tina's Brian's wife. Is it you or Tina that says, "Oh, let's let's go here more or let's rent less"? Do you guys have any kind of? We have, you know, we have different philosophies on it. Just yeah. For me, 
truthfully, I'd rather just go stay in a hotel. If I'm going to have a retro anyways. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I feel. Yeah. So for me, I'd rather do that. But, you know, it's also our home. So yeah. she kind of has, sure. you know, wants to take our daughter down there. So we, that's fair. we go back and forth. But, I yeah. mean, really, it's, what we try to do is just look at these days. So, for example, if we have a renter coming in, you can check in on Tuesday, and someone checking in on Thursday, well, there's a day or two we can use it. So we right. block that off. That's smart. Yeah. So, so you design your life around around that. That's a right. great idea. Right. It should make it easier. So what happens with um, with holidays? You, you keep the same rate, like Labor Day, Fourth of July, same rate, but you're just book, you're guaranteed to be booked those weekends. Without question, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, yeah when you look at some of the other condos down there, I've looked and I did a lot of market research last summer before I listed it. And, and what I found, again, this is just for me as a consumer, sure. was that a lot of these people, I mean, they're you know they're they're jacking the rates up something crazy, which whatever, it's fine, it's your house. Um, or one guy even had had the audacity, I thought. To say, well, there's no air conditioner in the little apartment, but if you want one, I can wheel one in there for seventy-five dollars a day. That's crazy. <laughs> That's usury. That's a little usury. Right. So I, I, I just thought, you know, if I just treat them like I want to be treated, they'll come back. And I, yeah, you know, it's a good, great point. Ten or twelve guests that come back every year, right. then. Make yeah. a little less, but have happier customers and right. less work. Because right. not not only do you have your reviews online, but then you're you know they're going to go back to you know Philly or wherever and say, hey, I just stayed at this really good condo. You should look, yeah, you should look into it. You should look at it to get the word of mouth, too. That's great. No, I, I love this model. And, uh, Brian, I got to apologize. I was wrong. I should have, I should have pulled the trigger on this. Yeah, I, I was, you know. I was a skeptic, but, uh, he, he's pulled it off. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm eating apple. I'm, you know, I'm, I, what's the expression? I'm, I'm sort of like egg on my face on this one. I gotta, yeah. I gotta get it. Next year, I'm going to have one. I promise. Well, hopefully, this, hopefully I'm not priced out of Ventnor by then. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I, we looked again because this one's done so well. I thought about another one. I'm still looking, and there's yeah. still quite a few down there for around the same price point. I yeah, mean, I think the condo yeah. aspect has that helped you. You think it's it's easier with a condo than it would be a single family house? Uh, it is mainly because of insurance. So what we found a lot of the houses we looked at, we looked at some single families, looked at townhouses. You couldn't even get insured. Why? So, because of being Airbnb. No, or why? Just because of the storm down there and all stuff. Really? Yeah, a lot of the ones you looked at, you couldn't even get insurance on them. So there's houses down there that, hey, if you could buy cash and not going to get a mortgage, you can get something for dirt cheap because you can't you have sure. a tough time getting insured. If you do, you're paying on a leg. For example, we looked at hmm. uh, in Ventnor, we looked at these townhouses there. So there's the the ocean side of Ventnor, and then there's the towards the back where the bay is back there. And um, these townhouses they were nice, you know, two stories. Uh, Two bedroom, two bath, really nice remodeled. We looked at them and uh, when I bought this one, they were I think fifty five. Uh, wow. Nice little community, still cheap. Yeah. It was further from the beach that we wanted to be, so we decided to go for a smaller condo. Yeah. Uh, about the same price point. Now those same ones are still there, thirty four thousand. Wow. And they're beautiful. I mean, wow. I'm they're, they're done to the nines, but. It's further from the beach, and I think it's sure goes. So yeah. I mean, now, you know, that's and and nobody should have an investment that's completely uninsured. I mean, that's crazy. No, you can't. One one Hurricane Sandy and your whole yeah, investment could be wiped out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not really worth it. That's what we saw a lot, especially of, with so. renters and stuff like that. God forbid somebody gets hurt. I mean, you, you really can't be too careful with this kind of stuff. No, yeah, that risk. Yeah, the risk is huge. If you're a multimillionaire and you want to self-insure, that's fine. But for the rest of us that aren't in that position, like you, you got to have insurance. Well, plus two, in the condo, you don't have any maintenance on you know the roof, the exterior. Right. You know that's all on the condo. It's literally a big, giant brick square building. Right. So yeah. What could go wrong? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's you know plumbing, I guess, but we pay a small HOA fee a month, and they deal with all of it. For that's example, uh, the HOA just redid the paint throughout all the hallways. Looks really nice. Nice. 
Um, you're going to put new carpet in. So they're doing a lot of things now. To make so you feel like you're getting your money's worth there. That yeah, that's great. Again 50 times over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they do um, like projects like that, and if they might want to raise the fees, there's like an HOA president, more or less, right? That would reach out to you and say, "Hey, you're the owner of you know this condo in this you know HOA complex. Yeah. Vote on it, or what's your opinion, or how does that work? Like, how's the whole HOA thing work?" Yeah, so they have um, they work for a bank, and they kind of run the HOA from that building and some of the other buildings down there. Uh, and yeah, they just you know your HOA is set based on your square footage and whatnot, so it's different for each unit okay. in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, we haven't had to deal with it yet, so I don't really know, but I know they do a lot of votes. For example, when they chose the paint color for the hallways, they had a, they vote on the together. color. I didn't go, I said, I don't care. <laughs> really? Yeah, you'll, you know, you'll surrender that vote. Yeah. Really, it's not worth me driving down there from Philly right. to get right. some paint color in the hallways. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. You know, so things like that. But I think larger things, yeah, you know, they're. You'd want to be present for it. Yeah, you have to. I mean, and, and the, the, the good and bad part about the building for me as an owner is that. There's a lot of um, people that own there for a really long time. A lot of elderly folks in there, which are fine. You know, they don't mind the renters or whatnot. Um, but they're going to be a little bit, I think, in my opinion, uh, you know, if we go to a meeting, they, we may have different opinions on design. Right, mm -hmm. right. So mm -hmm. I just stay out of it. I yeah. don't care. As right. long as it looks nice and new, you're, you're happy. Right. As, long, as long as it's getting renters. Right. Matters. right, whatever the renters want. Right. right. In my condo, I know when you come through that door, we painted the front door, but when you come through that door, you're transported to what I know is nice. So I don't right. Outside of that, well, the thing that sold you, the, the cool, the cool part of your story is, you walked in and you said, "Okay, this place is nice." Your your tenants or your your uh, Airbnb uh, vacation stayers, whatever they're called, they are having that same experience. So you knew that that experience was marketable, and that's what people like to see. Right. Nobody wants to go into a place. In fact, uh, a friend of mine doesn't know how to use Airbnb, and she took her family. She has a two year old to a a really dumpy, really inexpensive Airbnb yeah. in, in like the shore. I forget, Myrtle Beach or something. And uh, she paid like half of market rate. She right. paid like 60 bucks a night. And Siobhan told her, that is not the way to do this. You know, the, her my fiance said, that you don't want to get the cheapest place. You want to actually get a place that's more averagely priced, maybe online, but you want to read the reviews. She didn't read any reviews. Oh, wow. And she, they got bug bites. I mean, they had a oh, terrible geez. experience. Yeah, oh. so... So yeah, you, you, you want to be careful when you're booking and when you're having a place, you know, you don't want to necessarily get the absolute cheapest and like one star. If you, mm -hmm. I mean, if, you, if that's how you're, as long as you go into it, know what to expect, but right. you want to have a good product and you want to look for a good product. So even right. if that costs you a little more than, than the lowest. Mm -hmm. um, so I, lo I love the Airbnb thing. I think it's very doable. Um, I think for listeners that don't have a lot of capital, uh, the thing that Brian did, imagine if you finance that. I mean, he bought a place for $50,000. So for him, he paid cash, but our listeners that only have a couple bucks, I mean, if you're putting on 20% on a $50,000 house, that's 10 grand. Yeah, it's nothing. Really you can make that back so quick. Yeah, one summer. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. It's, it's insane. Yeah. And, and now um, Airbnb is doing things where people are starting to have rentals for, say, a couple of years. Now I've got to build a business. So if I were to sell a condo, Airbnb allows you to sell it a lot. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website at drgphilly.com. Leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. Note that this podcast should not be taken as financial or legal advice. Always consult your local professional before making any financial decisions.